Hey there, my name's Jesse, and you're listening to the Deep Lore Boys podcast, where Jackson, Matthew, and I delve into the random, rare, and usually ridiculous pieces of human history. He walked backwards everywhere he went. The gobble goat kind of survived 2023? Yeah, like halfway survived. Oh, this gets much stranger. There's a reason this place is called Mystery Lake. Hey again, this is Editor Jesse from the future. This episode of the podcast was viewed live by our Discord. Uh, we hit the record button like we normally do, but we got on our Discord and our audience could listen to us record the podcast live and interact. It was really cool. We had audience members messaging us, and you'll hear that throughout the episode. Our Discord will be linked on our YouTube channel and in the descriptions of our episodes, so it won't be hard to find if you look for it. And we would love to have you there for the next recording. And now, on with the episode. I'm really excited for this one. This is, like, genuinely... I learned about this guy the other day, and it is a wild tale. Oh, is this? Is this who I'm thinking it is? It might be who you're thinking it is, Jackson. So, let me give a little bit of an introduction here. This story takes place back in the 80s in Maine. So, lots of people back in the 80s in Maine apparently owned vacation homes. So, they would go and they would stock up the fridge with all the food and stuff so that when people came to spend their vacations at the vacation home, you know, they'd have all their food. But people would show up and the door would be locked. There'd be no sign of anybody, like, breaking in or anything. But the fridge would be completely empty. All the stuff was just gone. And it was the fridge goblin. It, it was, well, a local legend started of the <laughs> North Pond Hermit. They were like, there is somebody creeping around, maybe some kind of fae, I don't know, stealing everybody's fridge food. What's going on? But it only happened to vacation homes. And eventually, people started like putting up security cameras and they realized there really is some guy creeping through the woods and he's stealing the food. But the weird part was, <laughs> he was walking backwards everywhere he went so firstly that's terrifying it's like that is a cryptid enough for me this is the story of christopher thomas knight this guy did not have like really what looked like too strange of an upbringing um they said he was born in maine and he did graduate from high school yeah so he ended up installing home alarms so like security alarms for homes in Massachusetts. And then in 1986, he abandoned his job and just drove up to Maine. He only stopped when his car ran out of gas. Uh, and he was 20 years old at this point. And he just got out of his car, walked into the woods, and nobody saw him for like years after that. And this is this is all by choice. Like he just decided to do this one day. His parents never reported him missing. They were just like, oh. Okay. He said he had good parents, though. Yeah, he said we're not emotionally bleeding all over each other. We're not touchy-feely. Stoicism is expected. Over the next three years, Knight changed the location of his camp sporadically out of fear of being caught, settling outside of the North Pond Lakes in 1989. So apparently he did have, like, a life in the forest. He regularly took cold sponge baths, and he shaved and cut his hair. Hmm. Yeah, like, he kept up. But I guess it was also apparently... He would also, like, shave and cut his hair after, like, if people were to see him. And it was, like, more to, like, avoid suspicion. Well, he encountered others very seldomly during his seclusion. Yeah. He claimed when he was... So he was arrested at some point. We'll get to that. But when he was arrested, he claimed that he had only one instance in his 27 years of solitude in which he spoke with another human. And literally, he just passed a hiker on a travel path. 
and it was just like, hey. <laughs> and, and that was that That's was literally it. it. Fair enough, I guess. Tristan in our Discord chat said, this dude is living my ideal life. The lack of human interaction is amazing. I know Tristan, <laughs> and I thought of him immediately when I learned about this guy. This is this is the way to live. So apparently at first, he was like really kind of iffy about stealing stuff from people. He said that like it just bothered him morally, but then he decided that he would only rob vacation homes because... They're owned by rich people anyway, and it's not like, you know, if you stole food, people were going to go hungry. Like, he knew that it, it wasn't going to be, like, a deadly situation for anyone. So he would pick the locks on these vacation homes, and he'd go in, he'd take everything from the fridge, and then he would unpick the locks on his way out so that there was no evidence that the place had been broken into. And that's just kind of how he survived this whole time. Yeah, apparently, if he would, like, break into a canoe... He would actually sprinkle pine needles on it to make it look like he had not, like, disturbed the canoe and that had been there, like, for a while. And also, I like that he walked backwards everywhere he went so that people would get confused by his footprints and think he was walking the other way. <laughs> that uh, was his whole... That was the whole strategy. That was his like, plan. If somebody finds my trail, they will go the wrong way. I mean, that's that's brilliant. So, the way that he survived the winter was he would just eat a ton of food. He would go like full bear mode and just gain as much fat as he could. And then by the time spring came, he would be skinny again because he had burned all of that energy. And I guess it, I, I don't know, it kept him warm. He just hibernated? He literally hibernated. He would steal propane tanks from people. Huh. Oh, according to BBC, he never lit a fire even in 20 or negative 20 degrees Celsius weather. Oh, really? That's what it's saying here. He relied on a propane camp stove to cook and melt snow for drinking and bathing. Um, he avoided building wood fires because he didn't want anybody to see the smoke. But the propane camp stove worked just fine. So wait, did he end up getting arrested for breaking into people's houses and stealing? Yeah, so so people eventually, like so back in the 80s, I don't think it was super common to like even own a camera and much less common to have like security camera footage. Yeah. But eventually people started to put those up and they caught him and they saw this guy walking backwards on the security tapes, which must have been so scary. Yeah. I mean, that is like, alarming. Okay. That is oh, very it, alarming. Because at first you would think like, oh, something's going wrong. Like the tapes playing backwards, but then you'd realize like, no, that is, this is how it happened. Who is this guy? There is somebody, like, at least he looks, you know, like a human because he is a human. If he was, like, super, like, unkempt and shaggy and, like, hairy or, like, super skinny or something, I would just be alarmed. Like, Yeah. So what year did they catch him in? Because he disappeared in the 80s, but when did they catch him? 2013. Yeah, okay, in so 2013, was... I think they got him. He was having it rough because in 2012, he broke into a cabin where there wasn't a car in the driveway, so he thought that there wasn't anybody home but there actually was somebody sleeping in there. And so neither of them actually saw each other, but the man <laughs> basically started yelling at him to get out and uh, he pieced the scene. He almost got caught. He had a close one. But then in February of 2013, I guess he got caught again. A fisherman and his son and grandson like stumbled upon his camp. And I guess they agreed to keep quiet about it because Knight told them, like, I just want to be left alone. That's it. Just don't tell anybody I'm here. 
but I, I actually don't know how he got caught. I think it was just because eventually like people knew about him. They'd caught him on security tapes and they were watching out for him. No, it looks like he, um, he was captured by somebody named uh, Sergeant Terry Hughes, a game warden. So basically like, I think like police officer for wildlife, uh, and the <laughs> which that's, at this point is kind of what they are. I mean, which, yeah, I mean, not like a police officer for deer where he's like, this deer is not paying his taxes. Let's arrest him. He's like, <laughs> he's a police <laughs> officer where his priority is evasion. to make sure that people are treating the wilderness appropriately. That's what, that's what he does effectively. Christopher Thomas Knight was stealing from a camp and i guess sergeant terry hughes found him and he's like he caught him Nuh-uh. he was actually there to bust a buck for dui and then he just happened upon night and you know what a shame but yeah so he got chucked in jail for seven months in october of 2013 so actually he was awaiting sentencing for that entire time so he got thrown in jail and only had to spend like a week there because he had already essentially spent his seven months <laughs> sentence just waiting for that trial. Um, okay. He also had to pay $2,000 in restitution to victims and complete three years of probation. Like the judge of the case even said that it would have been cruel to him to have actually sentenced anymore and that he literally, or the prosecutor said that that would have been cruel and the judge said that he was unlikely to reoffend and do it again. So Yeah, Knight said that he felt a deep ethical misgiving a deep regret about the burglaries saying that stealing is wrong so i yeah it sounds like he he was doing it out of need he doesn't sound like a bad yeah he's stealing because he needs food i mean i get it i totally i see where he's coming from kind of he's definitely a strange character but he's not he doesn't really strike me as being a bad person at all. So I would say that like, I wouldn't blame him at all for just wanting to live out by himself. But what does concern me is that he literally spent like two years studying security alarms and then broke into people's houses. Well, I don't, I don't know. Like, (laughs) because if, if I was like, okay, I am morally okay with stealing from people. And and so I'm going to study security alarms so that I can break into people's houses and steal stuff. I wouldn't drive off into the middle of the woods in Maine and then only take food out of people's fridges. Like if yeah, I like was that's going not... to study alarms, I would put that to much greater use than taking bagels. The camera footage and stuff said that he tried to cause as little damage as possible when breaking into places. So he wasn't just like recklessly like just destroying stuff that was other people's. And he does mm-hmm. appear that he took only what he needed. So that I will give this man of like, it doesn't look like he was out to cause harm. Do you think he still walks backwards everywhere he goes? I don't. You see him at the grocery store. After 27 years, it'd be very hard to teach yourself to walk forward all the time, man. Would it? (laughs) Like, oh, I just can't remember how to, like, move linearly. I don't think he just always walked backwards. Like, if you go to the images and you can look through, like, there's, like, security camera footage and stuff, and it doesn't look like he's just always walking backwards. That's just what he would do when he's going from place to place in the woods if he's really going distances just to be sure right like, if he's like leaving he his camp all the time around his camp or anything um, be funny if he did though i guess for a while after his release he lived with his mother actually and reportedly has his own place today in a small main town and works in an auto shop he's a truly interesting person i think we've given my man tristan a new role model I, he is <laughs> Tristan is really on a quest fanboying <laughs> over Christopher Thomas Knight in the chat here. 
Yeah. Kristen, if you disappear for 27 years, just let us know when you come back to work in an auto shop. I'll come and visit. We had a listener request earlier today for Rupkund Lake, which I had just learned about like the day before. This is a topic that I wanted to discuss really bad and then completely forgot about it somehow. So I like that the two like sub names for it are Mystery Lake and Skeleton Lake. I feel like Skeleton Lake just sounds kind of ominous. It is. Please tell me someone didn't die in here. Oh, 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 oh. 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 Let oh me I've tell got bad you news something. for you, Jackson. So I'll. I'll like kind of intro intro a little story here. So imagine you are uh, hiking through the mountains of India and you come across a little lake uh, in a little valley and you're like, oh, that's that's pretty nice. And you climb on down, go to the lake only to find that there are so many skeletons. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> a lot of people were in here. And of course, these guys were thinking, oh, geez, you know, this is 1942. They're thinking, oh, my God, this is, you know, they're dumping a bunch of bodies in a lake here. This is from some war. This is like a war crime. What's going on? And who who found them in the 1940s? Uh, was that I'm seeing it was a forest ranger. Forgive me for I'm not good at pronouncing foreign names and forgive me for that. But it's I think Hari Kishan Madwal. We'll call him Medwall. Yeah, it's, he's who discovered it. He just stumbled upon it while hiking. Yeah, he was a ranger. Oh, this gets much stranger. This is yeah, not even weird. like, this is like a, there's a reason this place is called Mystery Lake. Because. Well, it's yeah, it's because how did 300 people all die in this lake? Well, so initially it was thought to be that like, yeah, the uh, local legend says that the king of, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, Kanauj, Raja Jesval, with his pregnant wife, Rani Balmapa, went with others on a pilgrimage and uh, they faced a storm with very large hailstones and the entire party died. Well, that was the initial that was the investigation. Yeah. That was initially what they thought, but scientific research has subsequently shown that there are actually three different groups of people in this lake who died in two independent events around 800 and 1800 common era. So it wasn't one single incident. People have been consistently dying in this lake or around Why in the this lake. lake? At least. Skeletons are visible in the clear water of the shallow lake during one month when the ice melts. Along with the skeletons, there are wooden artifacts, iron spearheads, leather slippers, and rings. I also want to state this is not a big lake either. This is very no, small. No, no, no. It's like it's a pond, really. It's a small pond tucked in the Himalayas they discovered that actually 14 of the individuals are from the 1800s and are from mainland Greece and the Mediterranean. So this what? was like right before the Civil War. Do you think that the water is like toxic? Cursed? Yeah, maybe there's... Oh, so I think that like an evil shaman put a curse on the pond. He's like... Yeah, it just keeps he luring He who people. drank from the water shall turn to dust. And then he like... Nothing but bones the bones. <laughs> the studies of the skeletons revealed head injuries, according to some sources. Which skeletons are these? Are these the 2,000-year-old ones or the I, ones? I don't know. I think these – I'm just reading off of Wikipedia here. Um, they're just talking about some of the skeletons in general. Some of them were killed by head-related injuries, which could be – the hailstones. Yeah, that theory? implies the hail. Also, they're not lying when they say it's like a bunch of bones. Like if you actually look up images of the the lake bed, it's just filled with bones. <laughs> like there's a lot. Yeah, of there's them. a lot. 
best guess would be that there's something that poisons the water like naturally would be probably my best guess right but nobody is dying but from like drinking the water that's it the looks issue like. though just... that i have is surely someone has actually taken a sample of the water and been like oh wow it has like it's not water at all. It's sulfuric acid. That ex- like, like something like that. Maybe it has like some weird planarian that like kills you when you touch it or something. Like, surely someone has done a test of the water to see what's going on. It's also weird because like again, there's only one month where like the lake isn't covered in ice, which means that like people are probably not going to be on it or trying to get water out of it for the other eleven months of the year. Yeah. Like- so are they dying during this one month? I feel like if I was with a party of people and we were wandering through the Himalayas and we encounter Skeleton Lake, I'm not going to be like, let's stick around. I I Dude, would want to get away there. from I'd there. Set up a little, I'd set up a little shack. I'd be like, you don't come to my lake. I know you would. Maybe a whole tribe of Matthews came by and that's how so many skeletons end up. No, no, no. Here. I'm the one putting them there. Okay, I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to build like a castle. I'm going to make like a crypt. CPT Triss on the Discord says Shaman's Curse is the best theory for the lake. Change my mind. <laughs> he also it, says. Yeah, I mean, it works. <laughs> he also says you end up a skeleton at Rupkund Lake. I put skeletons in Rupkund Lake. We are not the same. <laughs> I like this this bit that uh, Trevor posted. Just the skull emoji. <laughs> <laughs> the skull in the lake. Dude, I want that framed. Oh, wait, hold on, Christian. That's kind of a funny theory. If people just like were staring at the water and they just fell in and hit their head and died, and that just kept happening. What is this, That's like, narcissist? That like, he stares at his own reflection to the point where he falls in and drowns? Like Maybe. I mean... It depends on how many of them did that. If it happened like twice, I'd be like, okay, that's weird, but whatever. If it happened like 200 separate times and they all hit their head, I'd be like, okay, like (laughs) don't look at the water, man. I mean, you can come up with any reason you want, but I'm sticking with the curse theory. I think there's something fishy going on here. The shaman's curse, I think, is what (laughs) that's what actually did him in. Trevor says, I will fess up. Now I was practicing my fastball on some tourists back in 1833. Imagine you're down in a Rupkund, you're looking at the bones in the lake and just... This guy's just hurling baseballs. Tug Tuna says, I was a survivor of that day. Tug, can you give us... Like, what happened? If you were a survivor of Rupkund Lake, can you... Yeah, how did that go? Let us know what went down there so we can crack this mystery. <laughs> he says I died. <laughs> Some survivor he turned out to be. Now that Rupkund Lake has been discovered and has sort of come into the, not the mainstream, but the stream, there is a growing concern about the number of skeletons that are disappearing because tourists will just come in and like hikers oh. will find the lake and they'll just take stuff or like... I think if you look yeah, it up on that, Google Images, you'll see people build like little. Yeah, that's what you're sculptures. saying. There's like all sorts of like shrines and stuff out of the bones, which is very macabre but interesting and kind of respectable. I'm not saying that as good people died here, but I would be content to die here. Honestly, the skeletons in Rupkund Lake. I mean, they shouldn't complain. Yeah, like they they living it up or. Something. <laughs> <laughs> They're living it, it down. Up. I don't know. <laughs> they... <laughs> 
boys, I think it's about time we cover some deep lore headlines because there are bits of lore that we've covered in the past that we need to talk about because the lore has evolved. And I'm going to start with a solemn one, the man of the hole. I don't know if you guys remember the man of the hole. I think it was episode, well, like 17 or 18 of season one. We talked about him. He's this guy in Brazil. His entire tribe was killed off by ranchers and whatnot. He's part of like an uncontacted tribe and he's the last one left. And so the Brazilian government like cut out this giant territory for him and he's just been living in the woods there ever since. And sadly, as of July, 2022, he is no longer with us. This is actually, yeah, I'm looking right I now. I did not know this. That is heartbreaking. He was found dead in his Aww. last home. He was found lying down in a hammock and ornamented with macaw feathers as if waiting for death. So he, so he to yeah, it looks he like he, he knew that he was going and he decided enough was enough. He was 60 years old. This is, I mean, the man of the whole story, I know we discussed it before, uh, and I think we kind of went into it expecting goofiness, and really it is actually a very, very sad. truly sad story, and hearing about his death actually makes it even more sad. At least it seems he died peacefully and quietly. I mean, I really, really, truly feel bad for this guy. Oh, rest in peace, man of the whole. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. The next piece of deep lore news that I have here is uh, it's it's not worse than the passing of the man of the hole. It's like a little better, but it's still bad news. You guys remember the yeah. Georgia Guidestones that we discussed oh. back in season one? Yeah, we haven't. Oh, we haven't updated that either. That's another that's another really yeah. bad news too. No, what's happened to them? Well, most everybody listening probably already knows about this if you were interested in the guidestones at all, but they have been destroyed also in 2022. So like 2 years ago, we are really late. Yeah, we're really on this behind. One. We should have we might have <laughs> do this a while back. Yeah. We did and it just we kept putting it <sighs> off, but for those listening in the future, I guess it won't be as jarring, but on July 6th, 2022, an explosive device was detonated at the site, destroying the Swahili-Hindi language slab and causing damage to the rest of the capstone. This happened at 4 a.m., and CCTV footage recorded a vehicle peeling out, piece in the scene. He obliterated one of the stones and damaged the others. So the Well, it had to be stand. taken down... After oh, did that. they tear it all down afterwards? Oh, I didn't. I'm pretty sure. Well, I think since it, since the explosion destabilized the whole thing, it like wasn't safe anymore. So they kind of had to get rid of it. Yeah, I guess it was unstable. But no, he like wrote all over it. They are like death to the new world order. I think the graffiti was before. I think that was 2008. Okay, that it got graffitied. But I mean, so the sentiment weird. still remains. Maybe I mean, it was I... the same guy. He just came back like. Like, how redneck can you get where you're, like, so scared of the New World Order that you'd crack out the explosives to blow up a rock? What, does he think he just saved the world? Like, really, dude? <laughs> like, what, like, who does this help? Right, oh. like, what's going to happen? Like, if the nukes drop, that's kind of the bigger problem, and that's what the Guidestones were for. I don't know. This is important context, actually, for anybody who doesn't know about the Georgia Guidestones. They are these giant, or they were, these giant um, tablets with inscriptions on them in all kinds of different languages. And they were basically there 
I guess in the event that there's like a nuclear fallout that the remnants of humanity could find these guide stones and like learn how to rebuild society. That was the thought of the people who built them. Um, and it was truly just built by anonymous people. I think to this day, we don't actually know like who funded it. So after the bombing, no motive was ever publicly shared. No suspects were publicly identified. The mayor, Daniel Graves of Elberton, said that the town planned to rebuild the monument exactly as it was. I hope they do. I mean, I'm I also know. wondering if these things are like a magnet for like strange people to attack, though. Dude, we should set up like a laser guided missile and well, just no, like, attract like, weird like, are people. These really, and, like, I'm not saying that like the attacks are in the right, but I'm also saying like at what point is someone not just going to try to get rid of them again? Because this is not the first time something like this has happened. That's what like, I'm saying, dude. It's like this... a gobble goat all over again. But with yeah, I was going to say, I mean, so we set them up. Dude, and the thing is, you have to fight fire with fire. So, like, imagine you plant landmines around it. And, like, we warn everybody, yeah, don't go to the Georgia Guidestones. Don't go to the Guidestones, man. That actually defeats the entire purpose of all the messages of, like, peace and love that are on them. <laughs> By imagine... surrounding. The... And then, like, imagine nuclear fallout has just happened. You scrounge together the last survivors, and you see in the distance the Georgia Guidestones. And you're like, oh, Maybe they can help us. And then there's a minefield that you don't know about. <laughs> so people just start That's getting That's kind of tragic, up. actually, yeah. I don't know. You could build, like, a robot or something that, like, patrols the area and just, like, Oh, great. That's just what we need. Anybody. That couldn't go wrong at all. AI protecting the Georgia Guidestones. They, this is exactly what they wanted, okay? This is... <laughs> The Gobble Goat is the final piece of deep lore headlines that I have for you today. We did discuss oh, yeah, yeah. the Gobble Goat aftermath previously. That wasn't released in the podcast, though. Uh, that recording kind of had botched audio quality, so I figure we can just cover it here again. Uh, spoiler alert, the Gobble Goat kind of survived 2023? Yeah, like halfway survived. I think it's technically listed as survived with damage is what they said, and that, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, it wasn't damaged by humans, though. This time, so a little bit of context, if you don't know, the gobble goat is this giant straw goat that they build in Sweden every year, and for some reason, the people of Gobble just try their hardest to burn it down every year. People have torched it. They've hit it with their car. Um, and it's like a thing. Not even just the people of Gavel, just like people. Not always <laughs> people in general. Swedes, just like random people show up and they're just like, eh, no. <laughs> like, what, if we, what if we got rid of that? So they've put up like a fence and like 24-hour public webcam feeds and stuff to deter people from attacking the goat. And it's worked pretty well. In 2022, the goat was fine. But last year, instead of being attacked by human beings, it was eaten by jackdaws. The birds just were like, hmm, hey. And they just picked it all out and ate it. <laughs> the gobble goat wound up looking more like a zombie than it ever really has. It looks evil, to be honest. But I mean, it kind of made it. Who's to say if it's alive or dead? Maybe he's just wounded, but... I think our prediction was that he would survive. I still, I will swear by it. I think that he counts as surviving. What is our official prediction for 2024? We've got to do this now while the, while I, the year is young. I think he'll I don't know, but I think, I think it's weird that it's like survived this long though. He survived from 2017 to 2021. So that's, or no, I'm sorry, to 2020. That's four years he survived. Then in 2021, he got torched. 
so now, now he's survived two years. He could easily go another one, maybe. But just because it's been a while doesn't mean like he can have a streak. I feel like it's more kind of random. I don't know what kind of year is it. Like, what's the state of humanity's soul this year? Maybe that's I not a good evil. question to ask. I think it's bad. <laughs> I'm gonna say the gobble goat's gonna make it. I I I'm feeling. Positive. I think it will. I feel like it will. It's a lot more. It's a lot better protected than it usually is. Like they're they're really working on it. Basically, everyone that's burnt the thing has been arrested. It definitely has deterred a lot of other people from trying at this point. It's made like it's gained a lot of notoriety, and people like because of security cameras, very few people want to commit a crime where there's a camera. That being said, you just have to try harder. Maybe it's like a bet at this point because like the gobble goat has like social media and stuff and they'll put stuff out and i feel like they're just kind of like oh oh are you gonna you gonna burn it down <laughs> they're, they're who's gonna do us. it like they straight up do they're like oh, what do you guys think is it gonna survive are we gonna survive like come on come on like do it yeah. <laughs> like, they, it's like a social experiment to see like, it feels like if it we can lure like out really. the crazy people i feel like there are ways to burn it down from a distance though right like flaming arrow maybe like launch a firework at it or something i like the flaming arrow idea but i just don't know how actually feasible that would be bazooka how about that would that satisfy that you? might that might do it actually that might be able to <laughs> I, I feel like that'd cause significant enough damage Hey again, it's Jesse. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Deep Lore Boys podcast. If you had fun, please share this episode with one of your non-reptilian friends, and we'll see you next time. Until then, I hope your day is nothing short of interesting. Take care. I'm going to go post that one on Twitter.com.